Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. So today is going to start season three, episode one of my new year. I always try to start a new season each year. My virtual coaching group started at the uh, middle of 2020. So what I've been trying to do is since it's been pretty solid, um, 2021, 2022, this will be season number three. Uh, so anyhow, uh, this is season three, episode one, but it's Q&A number 125. So for 125 weeks, my virtual coaching group and Facebook has been going. It's been an awesome group. And I do this Q&A every week to discuss a topic and answer all the questions from the group um, on a whole that come in individually. Because I figure if one person wants to know, then probably somebody else too. And this is how I can keep my prices lower. For my coaching group by coaching to everybody at once and um, not so much as the one-on-one. -on -one. The only real one-on-one -on -one is when I'm doing your video reviews for you, your video critiques. So as of right now, we've had over 225 people join in 24 states and the United Kingdom has one member as well. So for two and a half years, I have been loving this group. I want to welcome some new members. Brooke from Colorado, Melissa and Violet from Colorado, and Sherry from Florida. I want to share a quick story before we get into uh, the challenges, the topics, and the questions for today. Uh, this weekend was New Year, New Year's, so I hope everyone had a nice New Year's weekend. Um, there was a three-day show in Ocala, Florida. A couple of the members did ha didn't have the runs they were hoping for. Their first runs hit barrels, their second runs didn't clock the way they wanted, but they, they were ready to give up, you know, ready to throw that sucker in the ground, just frustrated, disappointed, a lot of money and entry fees, and just feeling disappointed. So, but they were smart. We reviewed their runs, tried to make a new game plan. They prayed on it, put it out in the universe, whatever, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and just said, okay, let's get this done. And this is why you never give up because those two people went out there and won, um, one won $3,500, the other won $4,000, a buckle, and one of those looks like a golf cart. They call them a cricket. And uh, so, you know, four grand, three grand, and a bunch of prizes. So that's why you never give up because you just take one run at a time. Each time you have a run, you look at what went well, and then you look at something you want to do better on the next run. And that's how you make progress. And that's how you stay focused and in the moment. You don't dwell on the past. You don't worry about the future. You just say, okay, what do I need to do this run? And um, I'm really proud of those ladies for stepping up and riding with heart and showing a lot of try. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to do it. You will find the time. Maybe you'll spend less time on Facebook. Maybe you'll spend less time, you know, talking to people about things that really don't matter, but find that time to ride that horse or work out or whatever it is that's important to you to get to those goals that you want in your barrel racing um, or your personal or professional life. <laughs> so I do feel like you will find a time. I feel like sometimes we're forced to change. Sometimes we have we have passion and purpose and we have goals, but sometimes life makes us change. And I feel like there's four reasons that people do change. One is getting hurt, and that can be physically or emotionally. Um, in life, you can get hurt physically. In life, you can get hurt 
by, you know, people and situations. Um, and that can cause you to need to change. The second thing is by being inspired. I know for me, coaching this group, there are days that I'm not, I'll hit a brick wall and I'll break down crying, you know, especially if I, I think about losing my horse this year or losing my dogs this year. I lost two dogs and a horse. I mean, I'll hit a brick wall. It's, a lot of times you hit things and it makes you sad, but you have to find your inspiration. You have to stay on the things that are your blessings. That's why it's so important to, whether you pray or just put it out in the universe, whatever your thing is, but, you know, always finding the positives, what you're grateful for in your life. And, you know, as I walk to the barn, I try to remind myself I'm thankful for this ranch that's paid for. I'm thankful for my health and that I'm having surgery soon and getting back to riding and, and working the way I want to on my hip. And um, I'm thankful for a bunch of things, you know, my family, my son, my parents, um, you know, my friends, my business, um, my horses. There's just a lot of things you can go on and list and list that you're thankful for. And um, I think that listening to things that keep you inspired, whether it's a podcast like this or reading a book or watching a video, you know, those are important things. Um, the third thing is learning. When we learn, we grow. And I'm always learning. Uh, horsemanship is a lifelong journey. Every horse I ride or, or teach or clinic or whatever it teaches me, every horse and rider combination teaches me because you're all unique. Um, it's a life journey. 30 years I've been doing this. And yes, you know, there's certain things that you know, like are pretty standard, but there's always some little fine tuning out of the box that each horse and rider need. Um, so that's special as too. But you can always be learning whatever it is in your personal life, your professional life and in, in this barrel racing industry. Um, you know, the fourth thing is finally having the means to be able to do what you want to do. And sometimes that takes, you know, working longer hours than you wanted to, or, you know, buying a different truck or trailer or getting a different horse, or, you know, there's a lot of ways that you need to change something maybe to be able to meet the goals that you want to. So those are the four main ways that people change their lives. And, um, you know, and, and just keep that in mind as you're going through your life realizing that you know if you if you're happy with things keep status quo if you're not make a change sometimes change is forced but but you're also quite capable of choosing different paths as well and with every choice you know it can have reward or consequence and that's what the challenge of life is you know so the challenges for the group speaking of challenges this month um the d pattern is going to be the challenge for the advanced riders. I'd love to see you doing the D pattern one-handed for the beginners. If you need to do it two-handed, that's fine, but preferably, preferably two hand in the big D and one hand in the little D. There are videos in the group on it. Um, it's also in the TLC training notebook. Let's see here. The mindset for January is going to be, obviously, our journal for 2023, new calendar, new goals, um, you know, in there, um, you're going to want to be putting, uh, listen to the first member challenge, um, that talks about everything you'll want, um, in there on your, um, journal. I think we talked about it in the last couple of podcasts too. So, so that's our challenges for this, um, for this month. Uh, let's see here. The topic for today is going to be drills, when to use them on and off the pattern. 
Um, so I hope you'll find that interesting. I think it's a good one. So let me get right into the um, questions. There was also, by the way, one, two, three, four, five personal best already for January weekend, which is awesome. Um, way to start out the new year. And uh, please let me know when you have a personal best so I can put you in the personal best drawing. And uh, I, I already did, I think, 10 or so videos yesterday, and I'll be working on about 10 more videos today from the weekend that have come in. So bear with me. Um, new members, just so you know, if you send me a video Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you'll usually get it back by Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because that's the busiest time. Everybody's competing on the weekend, so the flood of videos are always in by Sunday. And then I try to get half a day on videos, uh, you know, each day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and half a day outside with lessons and things like that. So, all right. The very first question is, um, let's see here. I'm not consistent in my turns. What, what, would, what would you suggest? So whenever someone tells me they're not consistent on the pattern, I always say go back to basics. My favorite fallback every single time is the perfect 10-foot circle. Set up a barrel, put four cones around it, put the cones four, five feet away from the barrel, and work on just walking and trotting and loping a perfect circle, um, preferably a sit jog so you can have some lateral bend, um, you know, in a 10-foot circle. And just by getting that control at a walk, a jog, and a lope both directions, that's a huge start, especially if you can do it one-handed, loose rein. Um, do not underestimate the value of a perfect circle. That's an excellent way to get your turns consistent and then we need to look at rider cues and see if you know something's missing are you not using your hips to finish your turns um is your horse not got the use of their hind end are you not giving them room going in so that you can finish tight uh, circles and true turns would really help with that making sure they have a really good pattern on them when you walk the pattern on your horse they should walk the pattern on their own you shouldn't have to pull on them around the barrels if you were to just walk the barrels with your eyes, your body, and your voice, your horse should go where they should go and turn the barrel correctly with the right size pocket finishing their turns. If they don't, then that tells me that you're pulling on those reins too much. So I would get where you don't have to use hand or leg much at all, just eyes, body, and voice to walk a perfect pattern. And then eventually post-trot sit jock a perfect pattern where you don't have to use your hands, just your eyes and your body. Your horse should rate and turn off your body. And that should be your goal. So go back to basics. Pattern slow. Um, do something like the D pattern. That would be perfect. Um, because D pattern gets that nice rate going into the barrel. And then a perfect circle around the barrel. And finishing tight, just like leaving a barrel with your inside hip, outside leg if you need it. And uh, it gets a horse really working off your eyes and your body. And um, D pattern would be perfect for you. Next question, uh, horsemanship. What is it and why do I need it? Um, small changes make huge improvements. So for horsemanship, it's basically just having a relationship with your horse based on love and trust and communication of cues, getting control of five body parts, their nose, their neck, their shoulder, their ribs, and their hip. Having a horse that's soft and light and responsive that gives communication through cues will give to pressure, move away from pressure. <clears throat> it's about timing and release. It's about getting a horse that's more supple and soft. 
And that's really all horsemanship is. You're lo looking to connect to their mind so that you can have hoof placement and put your horse where you want, when you want, at top speeds. Nothing is more important than basics when you're going full blast on a horse and turning tight three times. So if you are missing, missing holes in your rider cues, your foundation on your horse, that's when you know you need to go back to basics because your horsemanship is lacking. The better your horsemanship gets, the better your performance will get. That's why horsemanship is important. And that's why all of my clinics are called barrel racing and horsemanship clinics. And the theme is always back to basics because the 1D people know that it's important to go back to basics during the week. Whether you go on a trail ride on one day for, you know, just relax their brain, that's great. But there's a lot of time spent on just dry work and a drill or maybe slow pattern just to keep yourself tuned up and in check. And it's a very forward event, very high adrenaline. So the more you do slow work, backing, rollbacks, uh, leg laterals, lead changes, face flexing, softening of the rib cage, all of those things are so important. All right, the next question. Uh, my goal for next year is to get my uh, sit better in my turns in competition. How would I strengthen that myself? Um, there's several ways you can do that. Number one is Pilates, especially as we age. We have to spend more time um, basically in your home gym, strengthening your muscles. So Pilates is a great way. It's low impact, but it really strengthens your core. Core strength is everything in barrel racing, you know, having, you know, a strong body. Um, so you can do, you know, sit-ups, you can do squats, you can do just a lot of walking. Um, you know, a lot of things like that can be um, important for your core. But another thing you can do in the saddle is ride bareback or ride with your saddle with no stirrups. It'll teach you to tuck your pelvic bone and pull your belly button back to your spine and really use your core strength by sucking it all in and finding your balance on your horse. You can also do drills like spirals because that will help you. You can do collection riding like the spirals. You'll be doing small, medium, large, and then medium, small circles. So that'll help you just sit in your turns more, as would um, doing, again, the D pattern. Things like that will help strengthen and teach you to sit through your turns. So all those would be really good for you. Um, the next question is, how do I get my horse to fire from the alley if I want him to come in the alleyway calm? So that's a really good question. Um, having a clear go cue is so important. I like to walk to the alleyway one-handed, rubbing one hand on their horse's butt and putting my hand down if they're walking calm, pick it up if they're nervous, and just use give and take pressure. I don't go to two hands till I'm in the alleyway, and then I have a clear go cue. For some horses, that's going to be just an inch of loose rein and sit neutral. Other horses, it's going to be reins to the ears, sit forward. And um, some horses, it may even be whip them from the alleyway. It just depends on the horse. It's easy to ride quiet and pretty if you're on a free runner, but if you're on a push horse, you have to ride more assertive, more aggressive. So free runners, you can ride more quiet. Push horses, you have to ride a little bit more assertive. So it is important to have a clear go cue. And you can teach that clear go cue by sprinting in your arena um, because once they learn that when you smooch and the rein hand goes forward, they're supposed to hustle, they will learn to take off off a smooch and you won't even have to kick or just reins forward and cluck, whatever it is, but have a clear go cue. Next question. Um, <clears throat> I'm hitting a barrel leaving 
what can I do to help that? With during the week, you'd want to do circles and around the barrel, five foot circles, and work on lateral bend throughout. But in competition, you really want to focus on looking at spot three, the exit. And from spot one to two, and from spot two to three, use your inside leg by the back cinch while you keep your hand low and forward and looking at your spots because that will keep that horse in four-wheel drive and they won't pivot back quite so hard. So that, that can help that for sure. Um, the next question is about my horse feels tight when we start warming up, but then they loosen up as I go. Um, it, do you have any recommendations on how to warm a horse up and, and such? That's just like us. If we work out really hard one day, the next day we're going to feel tight when we get up. So the more we start walking, the more we're going to loosen up. So it's the same for horses. We all get lactic acid buildup in our muscles. So I don't believe in stretching or massages until the cold muscles are a little bit warmed up. So I personally, because it's like me, I'm not going to stretch as good until my blood gets pumping. So I'd rather walk around a little bit and then do my stretching. So same for the horse. You can lunge them at a walk or you can ride them at a walk. Um, but then you can do some stretching like in the saddle. You can do face flexing and shoulder and rib cage bending. Um, that has a lot of value to make a soft, responsive horse. Um, I put a video in the group this week about bending in the rib cage. And on the ground, you can do things like leg stretches um, and cookie neck stretches. So that would be helpful. <clears throat> Next question. Why do you want your ribs soft on a horse? Okay, again, I put the video in the group uh, because that question came up. Um, it's really helpful for everything. Um, lead departures. It's helpful for perfect circles. Um, so applying the right amount of pressure and releasing it when they give you the correct answer is a good thing. So you really want to use mainly your inside leg and just a little bit of maybe pinky, you know, so a little bit of a hand and leg cue together. But you'll have weight in your outside stirrup and you'll use your inside hand and leg to soften those ribs. It helps keep the face soft and the shoulder uh, and it really will equal a more soft and supple horse instead of a stiff horse. And a horse that softens their ribs is going to be able to keep the shoulder out and the hip in and maintain a better circle or turn or four-wheel drive. So yes, soft, soft ribs are really important on barrel horses. Okay, so to get into the topic for today, drills to use when, when and why on and away from the pattern. So on the pattern, um, my number one thing is knowing TLC spots, knowing your arc your spots one, two, and three, the entrance, the backside, and the exit. That's the most important thing to me because you only want two strides of rate and two strides around each barrel to be your personal best on the clock. So that's important. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm make sure my horses are patterned and they know where they should go every single time at a walk, a trot, a lope, because there's a whole lot of education between a lope and a dead run. So the second thing I'm going to make sure my horses know on the pattern is rate. Are they raiding off my body? Can I walk, trot, and lope to first barrel and just sit down and say, whoa, and they'll stop? Or do I have to pull on the reins and back them up? Ideally, I want them to stop off my body and my voice. Um, so if I have a free runner, I'm going to put more rate in them. If I have a push horse, I'm not going to rate into a stop, but I will rate into a transition. So if I'm fast walking, slow walk. If I'm post trotting, sit jog. If I'm high loping, slow lope. So I'm going to mix that up. Um, every once in a while on my push horse though, I may go to the barrel and stop and walk around. So that way I know that when I run them super hard, they're going to respond to me. 
Um, again, it's going to depend on the individual horse. Number three is in and outs. I love in and outs as a tune-up for keeping my horse soft and supple because I'll go to my normal arc, then I'll look at a three-foot pocket to first, and instead of going to the three-foot pocket, I'm going to step in my outside stirrup, and I'm going to ask that horse to give me their nose in and move their shoulder and ribs out and step into a five-foot pocket going in on the backside and finish with a three-foot pocket. In and out, the second barrel, I'm going to move over right away, aim at a three-foot pocket, two strides from the barrel, I'm going to sit, step in that outside stirrup, pick up that nose and shoulder, move them out, five, five, three again. Five feet going in, five feet on the backside, and three feet out. And repeat it again at third. In and outs are great because it teaches a horse, hey, there's a barrel. Rate, pick up your shoulder, move away. Don't let, drop your shoulder and drop into the turn. So it's great for horses with anticipation. It's great for riders who want to look in because it teaches them to step in the outside stirrup and move out. Um, it's important for good form because a horse that has nose in, shoulder out, ribs out will have their hip in and they'll stay in better form than a horse that's pulling their nose out dropping their shoulder and swinging their butt so in and outs can be done at a walk trot even a slow lope the fourth drill i like is straighter longer this one i'll do especially if horses and riders have a bad habit of turning too soon or not separating their rate and their turn cues so rate happens before the barrel turn happens once your leg clears the barrel so by doing straighter longer, you take your horse all the way to your legs at the barrel, and then you can stop if you want at a walk, trot, and a lope, or you can just do it in transitions where you're riding square, looking between their ears, hands are even, and you're riding two hands with even shoulders and hips, riding with two legs all the way. Even though you sit before the barrel, you don't ask them to turn <clears throat> until your leg clears the barrel. You can go to the horn before the barrel, but don't drop your hand or drop your shoulder. Don't lift across the wither. Don't pull over the barrel. Let your hand stay in the same position it was in. You just go into the horn when you sit down, but your hand stays in the same position. The fifth thing I like to do on the pattern is circles and true turns. I do this to keep my horse focused on me and not the barrel. So that way, if they're paying attention to my hips, they'll know when I want to circle or when I want to snap out. And that's important as well. Number six is all lefts and all rights. I love this one because it works on one and a half turns on each barrel, focusing on all lefts and all rights. You can do this with three barrels or four. It's up to you. And then, of course, um, the seventh one I'll do for a horse that has a bad habit of drifting their hip or swinging their butt um, or dropping their shoulder, I'll do straighter longer and then put their hip in. So they get in the habit as I'm approaching the barrel, I'll start putting my leg in the back cinch about one or two strides before the barrel to remind them hip in, hip in, hip in. And I may transition that way or I might stop depending on the individual horse. So those are my seven favorite drills to do on the pattern and why I do them. There's a video and a diagram for every one of those in the group if you just search the search box. It's also at the members only page uh, website it's password protected so remember your password and then um, off the pattern I have 12 things I like to do so I'm going to get into those um, number one is my squares with quarter turns so depending on the horse if I'm needing to work on rollbacks or using their hindquarters I'm going to go to each square or rectangle and stop on a loose rein in each corner and then I'm going to do a quarter quarter turn so instead of doing a 180 I'm just going to do a 90 degree and go to the next corner. And you can do this at a walk, trot, and lope. I like a loose rein woe at the corner. And then I like them to move off 
just barely me looking the direction I'm going to go, sitting back on the hip of the direction I'm going to go, slight direct rein, slight neck rein, and lots of outside leg. So I'm going to the right. I'll use left leg by the front cinch. The second thing I like to do is face flexing. I do a lot of face flexing every time I get on a horse, left, right, and down. I like a soft face. If a horse is broken the face, it's easier to get the rest of their body to listen. Number three, transitions. Transitions are my favorite. I do that every ride. I'll do fast walk, slow walk, post trot, sit jog, fast slope, slow lope. I want my horses rating off my body and my seat. Um, I'll do it in straight lines and circles, out on the trail or in the arena. Number four, spirals. I'll do spirals for horses that lack collection or lack fluidity, fluidity. Also for horses that don't have any speed control. A small circle is going to make a horse start telling their lungs. We'll start telling their brain, hey, silly, I'm getting tired here. And so small circles will help a runaway horse start getting some control. So spirals are great for A, the rider to learn to sit deeper. B, the horse to learn to use their hindquarters and shorten their stride. Large, medium, small, medium, large. And again, everything I'm talking about has a video to go with it in the search box or at the website members only page. The next one, fifth, is my one of my all-time favorites. I use it in clinics a lot, first-time lessons, and that's the D pattern. Everything you do in a barrel run happens on the D pattern. That's why I love it. It's my go-to for all training horses and personal horses as well. Number eight is figure eights, probably my second most common used drill um, because figure eights works what you would do on a pattern without over drilling the pattern. You can do it with a barrel or pole. You can just do it in your mind as well. You can do big figure eights, small figure eights. The key is that your lines are straight and that you have a horse that's soft and shaping from spot one to two and finishing tight and straight coming out from spot three on your small figure eight. And you can just keep them round from spot one, two, and three in your big figure eight. I love that one because it mimics a lot of the same cues that you're going to use in your uh, competition. It's also great for young colts to learn simple transitions when you're teaching lead changes as well and then eventually flying lead changes when you do figure eights with a snap. And again any of these drills can be overdone 30 minutes three times at each speed is generally enough for anything um, two maybe two three times a week max. Um, let's see here the next one is number seven the windmill. The windmill is great for horses that anticipate a barrel or that just need to work on good form. You'll do a circle and a half around the barrel and then you'll head out to one part of your windmill and the windmill has four parts. It's a really good one for straight lines, collection, bending, and then a perfect circle around a barrel. Number eight is my four barrel drill done as all lefts, all rights. It's great done as a square or rectangle depending on how much room you have. But it's great because it works on straight lines, rate, and perfect turns for one and a half times around each barrel before you go to the next one. Number nine is inline barrels. You can do two or three barrels. Um, it's like a D pattern except double or triple. So inline barrels has the same purpose. You're working straight lines with a go cue, a rate cue, and then it becomes a your turn cue becomes a shaping cue as you go around the barrel about one time until you go to the next barrel. The 10th one is pole bending. Whether you ever plan to uh, compete in poles, I teach all barrel horses pole bending. 
I think it's amazing for leg lateral suppleness rate collection and it also gives them a new challenge something else to do number 11 funnels funnels is like figure eights three times except you do a small one a medium and a large so it allows you to work on a horse that gets their timing from rate um, gets their timing for rate and go on a small pattern a medium and a large so you can do a 60 foot an 80 foot and 110 foot if you have room for it if you don't you can maybe do 40 60 80 whatever your arena allows but funnel barrels is a great way you can do it as figure eights or all lefts all rights and that just keeps your horse guessing because as the size of the pattern changes and it makes you work on your timing together and finally number 12 um, the value of that perfect 10 foot circle, which I mentioned earlier on one of the questions. And you do that at a walk, trot, and a lope, preferably a sit jog rather than a post trot because it gets more collection, unless you're on a, just a really lazy horse and post trot's better. But you can keep that lateral bend. You do it all lefts and all rights. And, um, and I love that one. So those are my um, seven drills on the pattern, 12 drills off the pattern. And then now I'm going to share with you my favorite warm-up drills I would use at a barrel race. And I have four of those. So my four favorite warm-up drills in the saddle is circles and rollback. And it's as simple as it sounds. You do perfect circles and they can be five or ten foot. And then you go out into a straight line and do a loose rainbow and roll back, let's say, to the right. And then you go back and do a left circle perfect circle when you're happy with it then you go out into a straight line and then roll back to the opposite direction so always switch it up if you're doing a left circle do a right roll back if you're doing a and always go out to a straight line before you do your roll back so um and again just switch it up lefts and rights on both directions for circles and rollbacks the second one is my up down drill i love the up down drill and again these all have videos in the group for you up down drill teaches a horse to pull with their shoulders when you're sitting up and to set their pivot foot when you're sitting down you change it up every quarter turn up for a quarter turn down for a quarter turn up for a quarter turn down for a quarter turn it really gets your body your horse in sync with your seat and paying attention to you so if you get to a barrel and you sit up they're gonna know uh oh she wants me to keep going you get to a barrel and sit down they're gonna know hey she wants me to sit down on my hips and rate and pivot off my hips so it's a good way to get a horse in sync with you my third favorite is my go rate shape and turn warm-up drill and it sounds just like it is you travel in a straight line this is great if you're at a barrel race with no room to do circles or really warm up but maybe a little straight line patch um, but it's great anytime so you give them a clear go cue to walk sit down for a clear rate cue and then you step in your outside stirrup and give them a, a shaping cue for spot one and two nice and round and fluid and then you'd snap out with your inside hip for your final leaving the turn cue if you turn to the right then your next time maybe you'll post trot a straight line away sit jog for a couple strides and then ask them to turn to the left that time and just mix it up switch left right left right till they're paying attention this drill you only do at a walk and a trot the other two i'd recommend only at a walk and a trot as well um, really warm-up drills you don't need to do much at a lope um, warm-up drills are best done mainly at a walk and a trot if you need to just lope some circles the next drill would be fine for that the three circle drill and what i mean by three circle drill this one you can do at a walk trot and lope 
I would do one circle nose in, one circle nose out, and one circle head down. So you're working on lateral, counter bend, and vertical collection. So those are my four warm-up drills. Again, videos for each is in the group and at the members only page. And then finally, the last thing I would do on the ground after I warm my horse up before competition is leg stretches and neck stretches with cookies. And um, a third thing you can do at home in, in, is ground poles, lunging your horse. That's great for balance. It teaches them to pick up their feet and builds their top line. So I'm gonna go ahead and close now because I've been speaking for over a half hour and I know how valuable your time is. I wanna thank everyone who listens to my podcast and to those of you that have joined my group solely because you enjoy my podcast and learn from it. I appreciate this group more than you could possibly know. And if you appreciate me, um, my business has been a word of mouth business for 30 years. So please tell a friend or give me a shout out on Facebook. It's the greatest thank you you could ever give me. Um, number The next thing I want to finish with is just saying Happy New Year. And may God keep you um, close. And may you keep God close in your life and your happiness. Um, do not worry about things you cannot control. Focus on the things that make you happy and that are in your control. Remember to enjoy the journey and trust the process. God bless everyone and always ride with heart.